If you got your Bibles, and um, there in 1 Corinthians, uh, last, uh, last Sunday was encouraging and uplifting and wonderful. And this Sunday, I hope you got your seatbelt on, um, because I'm not, I, my intention is not to be cruel or mean or downhearted kind of preaching. However, um, yeah, but uh, this is something that um, for the child of God is absolutely necessary to cover. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, it, uh, it's going to basically describe the, the lost and carnal mindset that every, um, every unsaved individual faces and deals with. Uh, but unfortunately, some Christians kind of hold on to as well. And um, in a time frame of coming out of Thanksgiving as we're heading uh, towards our, our time frame again, I, I don't have time to go into all of it, but it is, it is not the actual time of Christ's birth, but it is uh, the uh, recognized time frame of uh, focusing on the fact that we have a Savior that was born in a humble situation lowered himself to be made in the form and fashion of a man, yet spotless. And we, we do, we are heading into that time frame, which again has been commercialized by society. And you're going to find out, listen, what we're going to look at this morning uh, defines why Christmas has become commercialized. It, we're we're going to see the reason, the mindset, and the heart behind why um, the idea of celebrating the birth of Christ has now become the idea of me getting something. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I want that. It's not even my birthday, but I want it. Um, uh, but it, it, it's, it, it's a mentality that's prevalent no matter which generation has lived in, in society, this, this mentality, unfortunately, ha, has been prevalent. And, un, and even a greater unfortunate thing is the fact that within the house of God, within God's people, um, this has remained a problem because we are not following the scripture mandate that's on the child of God. You say, what is that mandate? I'll show you. As we get into it, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Just read these three verses. As soon as I'm done, y'all are going to be like, oh boy. All right. Listen to what Paul said to the church at Corinth. This is the first letter he's written them. This is the first part of the first letter. And uh, he doesn't shy away from just going ahead and calling it what it is and saying what the problem is in the church. The church at Corinth uh, has been established. It, it's had people that have, they, they know they're saved. They know they're a child of God. They, they know that they are to be a body. They are, they are to be brethren together. They've been taught these things. They've been shown these things. And yet the church at Corinth is having some serious problems within the body. And Paul goes ahead and just addresses it in the first letter 
which by the way, you find out in, mo- in most of what Paul writes at the, by the leading of the Holy Spirit uh, to the churches, you find that Paul, um, he, he's very much a, a sandwich theory kind of person. Uh, sandwich theory is where you, you know, how do you make a sandwich? You, you know, piece of bread, the meat and stuff in between, and then piece of bread. And so uh, the bread is the soft stuff. The meat's what you got to handle. And, uh, and Paul, and listen, by the way, that's the best way to handle most issues is um, being kind, being encouraging, and then getting to the meat of the conversation of why we need to talk, and then end it with some encouragement and some, um, some push forward of, hey, we got this, let's work together. Okay, that, that's the best way to handle things. If, uh, if leadership is always just chewing people out, spitting on them, kicking them while they're down, and saying, all right, now crawl out of here, you sorry, no, no. If that's the way that leader, you trust me, if you have a business, you won't keep people very long. And if you have a church, you won't, you won't have very many people following, okay, um, when it comes to leadership. And so best way to handle it is with kindness and, and uplifting the meat of the issue and then kindness and uplifting to close it out. Well, that's what Paul does. And at this point, he's starting to get into some serious meat. And, um, and listen to what he says in verse 1 through verse number 3 to the church at Corinth. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. Uh, don't, don't get this wrong. He's not saying milk is a bad thing. He is, he is going to be focusing in, and he, he talks to them and, and telling them, listen, there are stages within every person's growth. He's giving a very understandable aspect of spiritual growth in, in light and, and in reflection to physical growth. And so he's not putting down on the milk, but what he's saying is, why do I still have to do this? Shouldn't we be past this stage? I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for here, hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able that, that's a, a sad epitaph for them at this point in, in, in the church of Corinth. Verse number three says, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? When he's saying walk as men, he's talking about walking after the natural flesh. Are you not carnal? He say, preacher, we got problems in the church. Is that why you're preaching this? No. There is such a thing as uh, preventative maintenance, all right? Uh, we're not going to shy away from the difficult text just because it's an uncomfortable um, uh, scenario to talk about. But Paul here is very specifically dealing with those who claim to be a child of God, the church, and he's dealing with them in an area of the issues within the church that is, is causing, and by the way, he, he's saying, I have heard I'm receiving witness of, I'm receiving notification of from other individuals. It's it's becoming commonly known that there is envying and strife and division because you're carnal-minded. I want to give you a little more depth and a little more difficult truths to 
be able to chew on for a while and grow from and give you the nourishment of having some, some meat from the Word of God, but I, I, I can't even give you meat from the Word of God to help you because you're still choking on the milk. And he said, so I'm trying to feed you with milk to help give you the nourishment you need so that you can start eating some meat so that you can start truly growing. But Paul is pointing out a, a struggle here in the church. And, and here's, here's what I want to I give this morning. I believe it's what the Lord would have for us. And not to be a downer, but to be an encouragement to, to help us look forward as God's people. And if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you don't know where you're going to spend eternity. You don't know what it means to be not Christian in, in just a, a term, but to be a true child of God. You have Christ as your Savior. Holy Spirit dwells within you because of receiving the free gift of salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. You know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. That's where you get that from. That's where you get that confidence. It's not in the works. It's not in things we can do. It's through Christ and Christ alone. And we, we know that. The Bible teaches that. been preached several times. All the, matter of fact, it gets preached all the time around here. But as a whole, if you're not a child of God, that's where it starts. You're going you're gonna to see struggles of the lost man here in a moment. But by the way, don't forget, it can still be the struggles of the saved individual if we are yet carnal and not spiritually minded. Got to get off the milk. Got to grow. And here's, here's the title for this morning. We're going to pray. Signs of spiritual infancy. Signs of spiritual infancy. Let me pray, and then we're going to dig in. I told you, I have seven points. I wasn't lying. I have seven points. I'm going to try to get through them quickly here this morning as we look. Some of this will be comical. Some of y'all will be able to relate to these things. Some of this will be comical, um, but when we actually don't just think of infants, but we think about how we act as adults, we might actually see ourselves more often than we want to admit. So let, let me pray, and then we're going to dig into this fun information, all right? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning, and I pray that you just meet with us in this time as we look at your word. We need your help. I pray that we would all be honest as we look at this. We've come out of Thanksgiving time frame, Lord, uh, a time where we're reminded to, to give thanks, and, and oftentimes our struggle, we know our struggle is that should be a daily mentality, but it's not. And I pray that you would help us as we are looking at these thoughts. Would you help the child of God to see, Lord, where I might be failing and still being, appearing to be an infant when I should be a lot older, a lot more grown up in my Christian walk. Lord, I, I pray if that's our need, that we would see it, you'd show it to us, we'd be honest with ourselves and let you do a work in our hearts to convict us of growing. There's one here that's lost, and their first step is to become a child of God as a newborn babe, Lord, to, to start the growth process in the Word of God and in truth. I pray that their need is salvation this morning, they would see that need, and they'd be willing to, Lord, come and say, I need to talk to somebody about knowing Christ as my Savior. I don't know what the needs are this morning, but I pray that you would help us as we look at these thoughts Lord, to apply it personally to our lives. Help us to see ourselves this morning and allow you to do a work that you want to do. In Christ's name we ask it, amen. So as a whole, we all have the potential to be 
spiritual babies, right? Uh, and I know some of you are like, oh boy, here he goes, here he goes. I can see it on the faces. Y'all, y'all, y'all think, it, you think I'm hard to look at. You ought to get my view, all right? Um, we're, we're, we're equally difficult to look at, trust me, all right? But, uh, but here's the thing. There's not a person in here, there's not a person in here that in one way or another, in one aspect of our life or another, there's not a single one of us that has not acted like a baby. You say, well, that, I don't want to admit that. Well, that, that's part of our problem. Until we know we got a problem, we don't actually pay attention to a solution, okay? And so, but every single one of us, I'll admit to it. I, my, don't ask my wife. Don't y'all do it, all right? Because uh, she'll tell you more information you need to know. But uh, I'll admit to it. I have been the spiritual baby. Uh, there have been times where, you know, um, it didn't go the way I planned. And my wife's like, will you stop sulking? Like, I'm not sulking. I'm fine. Yeah, when, everybody, when everybody looks at you and says, I'm fine, they're not, okay? You just, just a little hint, okay? Um, the, the tone, in that, uh, well, I hear that so often. Oh, my goodness, I hear that so often. My wife's like, it's not what you said, it's the tone. It's the tone. I'm like, well, how's my tone? I don't know. And then she's like, I'm telling you, it just doesn't. I was like, well, I wasn't, but I'm getting there. Okay. Fellas, y'all ever been like that? All right, all right, good. I'm not alone. Okay, all right. That's okay. That's okay. Wives, we know, we know that we press the buttons on a regular basis. But, uh, but as a whole, you know, we don't always pay attention to how we come across. Anybody else got that problem? Uh, I mean, the way it went in my head was fine. Uh, the way it came out evidently was not, okay? And, and so, but here's what happens. Sometimes, even if, there, there are times when we know, we know how we're acting. We know why it is that I'm not showing myself to be what God made me to be, <laughs> okay? Uh, and and we, if we had to be honest, now we don't want nobody telling us because as a whole, let's just, here, here's what happened. We're beating ourselves up over it. And when somebody tells us and makes it obvious and reminds us that we acted like a child, that doesn't help. That doesn't help at all, okay? So just keep that in mind. Typically, typically I already know that I, I've made a fool of myself in acting like a little baby. Um, maybe not quite the way that, um, that, others have or, or we see people do it but but we all have our moments okay so y'all y'all do know that um uh again i, I don't like i don't like referencing comedians because they're not very clean at all uh, and even some of the christian ones quote unquote gotta be careful of um but uh y'all do know the you know you might be a redneck if stuff okay so we're, we're gonna kind of come from that angle so you might be a spiritual baby if you ready? Number one, you might be a spiritual baby if you find yourself often fighting with other Christians. Babies will fight. Here's the comical side. You ready? Here's the comical side. Y'all can picture this. Babies will fight about anything and everything. All right? If y'all haven't been, if some of y'all, how many of y'all help out in the nursery? How many of y'all can come on and see? Okay, you got several. Okay. So if you don't help out in the nursery and you physically can, please help. Okay, but 
Babies will, will fight about anything, okay? Left to themselves, young siblings will slap, pull hair, kick, poke, punch, argue, scream, or try to get the other one to do it so they get in trouble, okay? All of you that are like that, shame on you, all right? But they, they haven't really learned at this point, okay? They haven't learned that, that they aren't enemies, so they, they live as though they were. You've got to love sibling rivalry, now, when we get older, we don't, we don't necessarily get better. We just get smarter. <laughs> uh, we don't do things quite as obvious. We still fight and fuss, though. Now, in, in the scripture we just read, it's kind of what was happening in the church at Corinth. He points out several things there in, in verse number three. And he says that you know, it, it, it is basically heard, carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife, and divisions. Oh, they're fussing and fighting. They're poking eyes, pulling hair. I mean, they're, they're the claws, all that kind of stuff. It's all happening. And again, they're, they're in the spiritual sense within the house of God, they're acting like babies, always scrapping over something. Why? Because at this point, they're, they're, they're not to a, uh, an understanding. Now, they should be. The church of Corinth, they should be at this point understanding what it is to be the brethren. They should understand what it is to love one another. They should understand what it is to help one another, to assist one another. And yet they're struggling with the fighting back and forth because they're babies. And it's what babies do. They fight. They want it. Mine. If I can get you in trouble, then you're out of here and I get everything. Okay, that's what babies do. But as a whole, understand, it is important for us, and I'm not going to be hitting a, 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 in great deal. I'm going to try to get through each, all seven of these very quickly. But as a whole, uh, it, we need to, as God's people, okay, if you find yourself often fighting with other Christians, it's a, it's a pretty good sign that there is an infancy issue in my spiritual walk. I don't have the ability to stand and just do right because I'm falling for this carnal flesh. And I'm focused on everyone else instead of where the real problem is. So as a whole, it's important that we get out of the playpen and into the battlefield. We need to stop fighting, and this is just stop fighting the goo-goo fight with other Christians and start fighting the good fight of faith. It, it, it's a distracting thing, by the way. Satan would love to have, if he can't keep you from receiving Christ as your Savior, he wants to keep you stalemated in the fact that you never grow and all you ever do is cause division and fighting because you've got to have it your way. Me, 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 me. That's what he wants. Uh, number two, number two, moving on, okay? Um, so whether, whether you uh, are fighting with the Christians or this one, you might be a spiritual baby if you enjoy being the center of attention. Hmm. I told you, this is not very fun, but it is very practical. A baby delights in being the center of attention. My daughter loves that fact. Libby, 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 Libby. Now, she is the baby, but I'm not talking about her. She loves little ones. She loves babies. As far as she's concerned, I'll give them all the attention they want. They want attention. That's great. She loves it, okay? Okay. But here's the thing, as a baby, 
uh, if someone else is receiving the attention, a baby will, will do or say something to become the spotlight. Think about it. Just think about raising children for you parents who have done that. And, but here's the thing. Many Christians are much like the same way. Rather than wait their turn for the Lord to do something in their life and the Lord to use them, spiritual babies will speak up, step out, act up, and show out in an attempt to draw attention to themselves. You say, what do you mean waiting their turn? Uh, listen to what 1 Peter 5 and verse number 6, what the Lord says here uh, through Peter. He says, humble yourselves therefore. It's funny how that's the first word, humble. Pride can't be an issue. You must humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. A lot of times we like to exalt ourselves because I'm not receiving attention. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Okay, that's, that's what babies do, by the way. Okay, They want the attention. And so, again, I'm not trying to be uh, uh, harsh on us this morning. We're all guilty of some of these things. But if we're looking for attention, we might just be, or to have the focus and spotlight, we might actually be a spiritual baby if that's what we desire and have to have. As a matter of fact, in 3 John, the Bible even talks about someone um, who, and he's mentioned in other places as well, but, but John himself speaks of what happened with this individual in 3 John uh, chapter 1 and verse number 9. He speaks of a man called Diotrephes. And Diotrephes is mentioned here as to having shown himself to be a spiritual baby by rejecting John and, and those that were with him uh, in the church. And, and John would have received the attention as the teacher, as the one coming in, but yet there, there was a, a, a very vicious and, and purposeful rejection of, of John and, and Paul and many others uh, in the area with Diotrephes. And, uh, and so it's mentioned here, listen, listen to what, what John wrote concerning the scenario with Diotrephes. He said, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them. So there's his description. He loveth to have the preeminence among them. Spotlight on me. Listen to me. Do as I say. Everybody's got to follow me. I'm the leader. Follow I mean, that, that's diatrophies. I want to be the one seen at all times. And so here's what he says. I wrote unto the church, but diatrophies who loveth to have the preeminence among them receiveth us not. He resisted them. He would not want them to come. He did not want them to speak. Why? He had to have the limelight. Diotrephes basically revealed of himself that he was a spiritual baby in this area of the infancy of having to have the attention. Uh, let me go on very quickly, okay? Number four. Uh, no, no, sorry, number three. Number three, you might be a spiritual baby if you are shallow in your knowledge of the scriptures. Okay? Watch. Now, I'm not being, it's not attacking, but it is true. We are not meant to be just surface knowledge Christians. We are meant to have a desire. God put within us a desire to want to dig into his word. You may not be a theologian, but you don't have to be a great theologian to dig in and receive something greater than just the surface dirt. 
Listen, any, any tree that is planted, if it only uh, was to do roots right across the surface. Now, I know there are some trees that don't go super deep, but they do go down in and then they spread out. There are some that go extremely deep into the ground. Matter of fact, when, when it comes time uh, a hurricane was to hit, you have a tree whose re- roots go straight down. That tree might snap with the wind, but it ain't getting pulled up by the roots. The ones that get pulled up by the roots are the ones that, that have the most shallow existence. They look strong. They might even be huge trees. Uh, but even, even in the midst of like an oak tree, oak trees oftentimes spread across their, their roots across the ground. But there are some oaks that will go, because they need water a little bit deeper, they'll, they'll push down a little bit deeper and then they'll spread their roots out because they got to get the, the water that is needed. There are others that are in an area where there's lots of water typically around and their roots just stay right along the surface. And they, they make it really horrible when it comes to trying to cut grass. But uh, as you're, you see those trees, if a hurricane comes through, one of the first one that gets uprooted is the one with the shallowest roots. And by the way, that is the child of God. Uh, when we are spiritual babies, uh, we've been saved for 10, 15 years. Oh, I, I've, I've been in church my entire life. Wonderful. I've been a Christian since I was uh, knee high or grasshopper. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. How deep do the roots go? Because if we are shallow in our understanding and our knowledge of Scripture, if, if we really just read enough so we, we soothe our conscience, or, or you know what, uh, I always heard a Proverbs a day keeps the devil away, so I'm just going to read my one chapter in Proverbs every single day. There's a lot more to this book than the book of Proverbs. Now, that's good. That's wonderful. We need that. Listen, I, I wouldn't say anything against a, a Proverbs a day uh, in reading that, but that's just one portion of our time spent with God and his word. There should be much more and a desire to go deeper. Uh, babies as a whole have very little knowledge in, and understanding. So here's the thing. Now get this. Babies having very little knowledge and very little understanding, they're very shallow in the early stages of their life when it comes to the way they think about things. And so a baby will drink poison. Why, why do you think they have baby-proof containers? Because they'll all look, this is great. <laughs> they'll drink it and not realize it's dish detergent. Matter of fact, some kids never grew out of that. Tide pods, yeah, okay. Some people just, the, the elevator just didn't go all the way up in their life, all right? But babies will drink poison. They'll eat insects. Some people do that too. Get older. Matter of fact, go to certain certain places. They love to eat insects. It's just weird people, but they will. They'll, they'll eat insects. Oh, oh, oh. Um, my wife. I remember this story about she was telling somebody else about this just recently. Uh, who was it? Who? Which? Abigail, my my uh, sister's oldest, which she probably would hate to know that this is being told again. But when she was little, uh, there was a. Um, uh, was, was that, it had to be, I think it was Abigail, but she, there was a little, it was a tree frog. You know, those slimy little creatures. I, I love them. My wife hates them. I love chasing her with them. But um, the, the tree frog, okay, she found one. And she picked it up, and she's holding it, and she's all that kind of stuff. And before anybody knew, she's playing with it. <laughs> I could hear the little tree frog. Help, help, help. Okay. I, I could, listen, 
At the same time, he was in the most, he was in the, the, the most moist place he's ever been in his life. He's like, this actually feel kind of good. But it, it, as a whole, that tree frog went in and she don't bite down. I mean, I, I could just see her and she was getting ready to swallow that thing whole. That would have been the most interesting trip that tree frog ever took. But she didn't think anything of it. She just saw this thing in her hand. It's like, that's neat. Right on in the mouth. Here's the thing. Babies will do that. They'll take the insects out. You know, hey, they'll play in the street. Oh, the grass is itchy. Look over there. There's a whole bunch of area over there. We can go play over there. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll color on the sidewalk. Next thing you know, they're coloring the little, little bitty young ones. You got those, they'll just crawl all over and they'll go right over. There's more, more area to color. They have no clue about a, a car. They don't know what a street can do if, if a vehicle's coming down that street. They have no clue. Their knowledge is very small. They'll even jump into water that's over their head. Hmm. Y'all, y'all getting the analogies here? They'll play in the streets where there's danger. They'll jump into deep water over their head and they don't think anything of it because in their mind they have no knowledge of the dangers May I say, if we're a spiritual baby and we have no knowledge of the dangers that God gave us concerning this life and the wiles of the devil, if we are not knowledgeable of the dangers of the one that is against us, our adversary, and all that he places before us, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, if we have no clue what we're doing and we're just out there doing whatever we want, and I call myself a child of God, then if I am a child of God and I'm just out there and I'm paying no attention to the dangers of life, and I'm just living life. I'm a spiritual infant. I'm a spiritual baby because I should be aware of the dangers. And the knowledge of the dangers that I am told of from this book should give me an understanding that I need to stay away from some things. I need to be aware of some things. I need to warn others of some things. But if I'm just diving in wholeheartedly and I'm getting in over my head and I'm playing in the street and I'm doing all these things and I could care less, carefree life, and I call myself a child of God, it's a pretty good evidence that I'm a baby. And I don't understand spiritual warnings. And I'm not abiding by them. And by the way, I will get hurt. The Bible says that we are to grow beyond. The process of growth is not to be shallow. It's to let our roots go deeper and deeper. First Peter 2 and verse number 2, as newborn babes desire. And again, that's not speaking of what they do. It's a command. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? That's the starting point. But the milk is not the ending point. That's just the starting point. It goes on to say that ye may grow thereby. Eventually, you get away from the milk and you grow to where you can start handling steak. I don't know about you, but uh, there, there's nothing really appetizing about going back to a steady diet of milk. I, I kind of like what I ate over Thanksgiving. Not how it had milk in it, but there was something a lot more uh, of greater substance to what we ate. I mean, um, uh, I had banana pudding. That was pretty good. Uh, we, had, uh, we, we, we had turkey and we had, we had some ribs. Woohoo! 
I didn't eat the bones, but we had ribs. It was great, all right? But here's the thing. We had meat. We had a variety of things to eat. If I was still physically a baby, I couldn't enjoy that stuff. I'd choke on milk every now and then if I was a baby. Sometimes the, just the milk alone would turn a baby's stomach. Y'all know how that's like. Okay. But much less trying to digest stronger things. But by the way, the older you get, the more nutrients you need to survive. If a human being is only drinking milk physically, you're going to waste away. You need protein. You need vitamins. You need several things. Why? The bigger you get, the, 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 the more you grow, the more you need. You should get beyond the milk and be able to handle some meat. Same thing Paul is saying. I wanted to give you meat, but I couldn't give you the meat of the word. I had to feed you, with, I fed you with milk and not with meat. He said in verse number two, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. You couldn't digest it. But by this point in their, in their walk, at this point, they should have been able to handle something a little bit meatier. Shouldn't have had to blend up everything so they could suck it down with a straw. Should be able to chew on some stuff spiritually. I, I, oof, we only got three of them. Mercy. Um, I'm going to give you these very quickly. All right? There's a couple more. This one's really good because this one is, this really hits a lot of people. So uh, if, you are, um, if you're a spiritual baby, uh, you might find yourself easily offended. All right? This is, well, this is where it typically goes to. So as a whole, thus far, I mean, we're, we're seeing you, you find yourself fighting with other Christians. You enjoy being the center of attention. Uh, you're shallow in your knowledge of Scripture. Just give me the surface stuff. I don't want to go too deep. I, I just, I just want to constantly drink the milk. That, that, that's easy on me. Uh, uh, then I become easily offended. Babies are sensitive uh, and their feelings are easily hurt. Uh, when things don't go their way, uh, they will, here we go, whine, cry, Pout, sulk, and even every now and then, throw a temper tantrum. Why is that? Well, a lot of times, it's because somebody took their toy. <laughs> right? I know, some of y'all like, y'all do that, you do that way too well. But here's the thing. They, they'll go to the nursery. For just, matter of fact, not even the nursery, you could even go a little bit older. And, and you're going to find, but nursery is a good place and you kind of expect it there. But you're going to find one kid is going to have toys and another kid's going to have toys. And then one kid who's got something to play with already wants what that kid has. And so they go over there and they rip it out of their hands. And next, next thing you know, uh, the one who, who has a toy, or, or better yet, this is a, it, hold on, this is a better scenario. Because this actually, I've, I've watched this happen. You have a kid playing with a toy, and they have that toy, and then that toy gets old, so they set that toy over here, and they grab another toy, and they're playing with it, and someone else in the room sees that toy not being played with, and they've been waiting to play with that toy, so they go over, and they pick the toy up, and the one who was playing with it that no longer is playing with it gets mad and throws a fit because that was my toy. You're not playing with it. 
doesn't matter to them. That's their toy. It's their property. You can't touch it. It could sit there for years and you can't touch it. That, that's the mentality, right? And so they throw a fit, get offended. Ah, they took my toy. Okay, all, all that kind of stuff. When in the end, you weren't playing with it. Any of y'all ever had that conversation with kids before? And, and, and you really just want to get through to them and say, stop being such a brat. Share, 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 share. <laughs> By the way, have you ever noticed that adults really haven't gotten much different than babies? We just have bigger toys and bigger issues, but we still act the same uh, when it comes to stuff. But we get easily offended. And when we do, we cry, we pout, we whine. It didn't go my way. I didn't like that. I didn't like this. Nobody listens to me. Nobody talks to me. Nobody this, that, or whatever. And, and, and it just, every little thing is we're so, we live in, in our society, we live in an ultra-sensitive society. All you have to do is look someone's direction, even if you're not looking at them, and they get offended that you looked at them in a very weird way. I wasn't even looking at you. Who are you, by the way? What? You don't know me? Well, offended again. I mean, you don't have to do anything hardly. By, by the way, just be ready. Child of God, if you're going to live righteously and live holy and you're going to live according to God's will in your life and you're going to do what God gives you peace about, you're going to follow his will and you're not going to do those things that others might say are fine, but God won't let me do it. So I have to follow him and not what everybody else does. Well, it's not really bad. It's not really wrong. Well, if God told me I can't, it is wrong for me. And so therefore I cannot. Well, I just don't get that. Well, it's not for you to get. It's for me to get because God gave it to me. Y'all with me? But here's the thing. Others will get offended because of where I stand on something that God gave me to stand on. Even if I'm not talking to them, I didn't tell them, I didn't show them, I'm not even trying to push it on them. I'm just living in front of them and they'll get offended that I'm doing something because they don't like it. But where I'm standing is not me trying to tell you how you should stand. Where I'm standing is me telling you how God said I should stand. That's what it is. But we live in a world where if your way of doing things doesn't fit my way of doing things, then I am offended that you'd even do that in front of me. Well, where else am I supposed to do what I'm supposed to do for God? Where else, where else am I supposed to be a Christian if not in the public eye as what God has given me? I must live according to his will. I must live according to his way. I must live according to those convictions which he's placed on my life. Where else am I going to live them out than in the front of anybody around me? I'm not going to go hide in the closet and say, I've got to live like a Christian in here so nobody will see me and be offended. But we live in a world that's what they want. If you live in a way that doesn't, doesn't promote the way I think and the way I live and what I feel good about, if you live anything other than what I live that's above or a higher standard than me, then I don't want to see it because it offends me. Well, I'm sorry. You'll just have to be offended. I'm not going to push and I'm not going to force and I'm not going to do this when it comes to what God has laid in my heart for conviction. However, I am not going to hide and apologize for just obeying God in my personal life. 
But if a child of God in the house of God is offended by other things that a child of God in the house of God is doing that might be of a higher standard than what they personally have, it might be a good evidence that there is a little bit of infancy problem. Now, I'll tell you this. There are people who have way higher standards than I have in some areas of life. There are some things that, I've, that people have, I've learned and I've watched, and I'm like, they, they, I've kind of asked them, I said, so where are you on that? And I, they've actually told me, I'm like, whoa, wow, that's, that's pretty far up there. Uh, there is some crazy stuff that I've heard. And don't, I'm not attacking anybody, but uh, I have preacher friends that if you don't wear a white long sleeve dress shirt, you can't have the power of God on you. And they believe it. It's Bible. It's somewhere in there. You just read it long enough, you'll find it. White, long sleeve dress shirt. Here's the thing. Oh, Hezekiah. I forgot about that one. Okay. But here's the thing. If that is what they feel the Lord would have them to do, and it's a higher standard of living for them, that you, that's just fine for you. Go ahead. Now, don't tell me that I can't be, be used of God unless I'm doing the same thing because I can't find it in the Bible. Now, if I can find it in the Bible and I'm wrong about something, I can find it, and it's there and it's obvious, I'm like, <laughs> I need to change something. But if it's something that man has produced... Or, or, by the way, or some, something that God has laid on somebody's personal heart. This is, this is how I want you to present yourself. Who am I to put them down for having a higher standard of presentation than me? So I won't. But it might be something that's personal conviction that God gave them personally because of their background. Than God gave, other than what God gave me personally. Now, if I can find it in this book for every child of God, it, it ought to be taught and preached and laid out for every child of God. But there are personal convictions that God gives personally. And I'm not going to put down on somebody who has a personal conviction, even if it goes far beyond mine. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, mm. Bible says, great peace in Psalm 119, my, my favorite verse, I think it's every preacher's favorite verse. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. 2 Timothy 2, 3 says, Thou therefore, and listen, we're, we're to learn how to endure hardness. It says, Thou therefore endured hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Why would I want to be a Cub Scout when I could actually be a trained veteran for the Lord? Here's the last, last one. I can't give all the information. Here, here it is, though. Uh, just a couple of other thoughts. You might be a baby Christian. You might be an infant if you're never satisfied. Now, we're not talking about it in a positive sense, but we're talking about no matter what is done, no matter how much that people help, no matter how much they do, no matter how far people reach, no matter what the church involvement is in, in trying to assist and support, if it's never enough, I need more, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Do for me, do for me, do for me. Uh, there are two different types of people in this world. There are givers and there are takers. All of us, by the way, don't get, the, don't, don't get me wrong. Every single person has to learn how to be both. 
Because if all you ever do is give, but you never, you never allow yourself to receive, you will eventually give out and there'll be nothing left for you to be a channel with. You will dry up, you will be done, and God, there's nothing. God's trying to refill, and we're, no, I'm a giver, I'm not a receiver, I don't take anything. It's a problem. Sometimes God wants to refill so you can keep giving. So you got to learn to receive. We had, we had to learn that when we were missionaries. You had to learn to receive so that God can still continue to work through. But at the same time, you can't always take, 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 and never give out because then you become like the salt sea, the dead sea. The dead sea receives all the time but never channels anything out. And whenever, when, when that which is there water-wise evaporates, that is why it is left behind. It is a place where no fish can live. Nothing in the water can survive. It is so salty. It is, it, it is so, that's why it's called the Dead Sea, because anything there dies. Animals can't drink from it because they will die. By the way, if all you ever do is receive and get, 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 and you're never satisfied, it is a death sentence for the child of God. You cannot live that way. We are meant to be vessels used, fit for the use of the master. We are, we are meant to be channels of blessing. As God blesses on this end, we are allowing him to work through and flow through our lives to be a blessing out this way. He, he wants to work through his people. Therefore, we have to be able to receive and we have to be able to give. We have to be able to take what God wants to place in our lives and we have to be willing to give out that which God wants to use through our lives. And if we're not willing to do either or, we're going to be in trouble. Never satisfied, always wanting more. The Bible says in Numbers 11 and verse number 1, it says, and when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. Write these down. There are three, three things, three. <laughs> I went, I was homeschooled. All right. There, there are three, three things that God does expect of his people. Three things with this in the area of, of satisfaction. We are to be content. Philippians 4.11 not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. We are to be thankful, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And we are to be rejoicing. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Content, thankful, and rejoicing. That is what the child of God should be. Uh, not uh, 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 dissatisfied and complaining and, and hopeful to, to receive more. Now, listen, we're always looking to receive in the sense of, Lord, feed me, feed me, feed me. Hey, blessed are the hungry and the thirsty, for they shall be filled. The Bible talks about always wanting and always being hungry for the word of God. But we're not dealing with that kind of area of, of, of being satisfied constantly. Lord, give me more, give me more. We're not dealing with that area of growth. We're dealing with the dissatisfaction, the discontent of the human nature. And that is, I want more. I've got more stuff than I can possibly deal with now. I have storage units and storage units and this over here and that over there. We got clutter everywhere, but I want more. I want more. I want more. I want the new toy. I want the new phone. I want the new car. I want the this and I want the that. Listen, we all at times, well, you can think of something right now that if you had the chance, you'd go buy it right now because it's the newest version that just came out. We're never satisfied. Never content. And it's a sign, by the way, it's a sign of a baby Christian failing to be content, thankful, and rejoicing. Number six, and I don't have time to go through it all, but this is pretty powerful in the, in the aspect of this, but um, 
You have trouble staying clean. You ever notice that babies have trouble staying clean? They have messy diapers. Uh, they, you know, you, you, you give them a bath, and if you're not careful, as soon as you take them out, they'll get into something and dump it all over them, you know. Uh, it's, like, it's like a pig. Once you clean a pig, you know what a pig's going to do as soon as you clean it? going to go find a mud hole. If the child of God is having trouble staying clean and even desiring to be clean, big question mark. We have, by the way, the Bible tells us that we are to be overcomers. Not to be overcome, but to be overcomers. We have strength in the Lord to overcome. If we're not actually engaged in the strength he can give, we fail and fall constantly. It might be a sign that we're still a little bit of a baby in our Christian walk when we can't resist the devil and see him flee. Um, John 15, 3 says, now the Bible says, talking about the child of God, he says, now are ye clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. By the way, this right here is a good bath for a Christian every single day. Lastly, and again, I'm skipping a lot of stuff, too much content for one shot, but we're trying to get it. All right, here's the last thing. You might be a baby Christian if you become jealous over the success of other Christians. Why doesn't God do that for me? Why didn't I get the new car? Why didn't I get that? Why, why did so-and-so get a promotion? I don't get a promotion in my job. Why does this? Why does that? Why does... Right? And by the way, missionaries face it all the time. And I understand there are moochinaries out there, but be careful using the term. They're not, you can't love them all the same. But I, there are missionaries where someone has bought, they, they drove, if you could see what they used to drive, they would drive a clunker that burned more, more oil than it burned gas. And, and they'd barely make it from place to place, and it backfired 24-7, looked like the Beverly Hillbillies going down the road, just trying to survive. Got, got, you know, if you could see the inside of the vehicle, you know, the door that slides is actually roped shut because it won't latch anymore. You know, they're going down the road like that, and the true stories of that, and then someone seen, someone whom God has blessed financially, and they see that, and God burdens their heart, and, and they say, you know what, I'm taking care of this. I'm not going to buy me a new car, I'm going to buy them a new car. And they buy it. They say, what do you need? What would be best for you? They go find that. They buy it. They give it to them. And that missionary and that family get to drive in this, this brand new, whether new to them or new new sometimes. But they drive this car and the next churches they go to, first thing that happens when they drive up, people look and say, I ain't even got a car like that. Boy, I'd like to be a missionary. Look how good you live. What is that? That is evidence of a spiritual baby who can't look and say, wow, thank God for his provision for those who are giving all to serve him. No, it's a, oh, bless God, I can't do that. I can't afford that. Doesn't look like they need support. They could sell that car and go, go. I mean, that's what it is. I thought missionaries were supposed to sell everything and serve God. They actually probably did. 
And God said, I'm going to give you what you need greater than you could have given yourself during the time of serving me. And I'm going to show others what I can do for those who give their life for me and serving me. And yet you'll have people around this country and other places that will look and say, well, I'll tell you what, maybe I should just go ahead and go to a foreign field and, and get all this richy stuff that they get. Baby Christian. Infant. But we get like that. And you say, preacher, why, why are you giving all this? Why, why are you saying all this? Why are you beating us up like this? I'm beating us all up because, by the way, our mentality too often stinks. We just came out of Thanksgiving, and the first thing we do on Friday, God, oh, that was mine. I want it. Give it to me. I saw it first. Any of y'all go shopping on Friday? Okay, some of y'all did. All right. We used to do it every single year just for the, we, there were certain things we needed. We could get it real cheap if we got there, but we didn't fight over anything. Typically, we had it down to a science at one point uh, down in Louisiana. We would go everywhere after everybody else. We found out this. People shop Walmart. They grab everything they want. They thought they want. Then they go through the buggy and they just put stuff on this shelf, put stuff on that shelf. We don't need that. We don't need that. So we would just go and we would just, we were gleaners. We would go in after everybody destroyed the fields. We would go in and we would just, um, oh, look, that's exactly, that, those are the towels we wanted. <laughs> put the towels over here, grab. And, and we, would, we would go in. We would see what we want by shopping all, every single aisle, all the stuff all over the aisles. Eventually, we would find all the things we were needing and we we walk up, no aisles, no, 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 no big lines. We walk up, we check out, go out of the store, done in a matter of a few minutes. That's right. That's what she. That's right. She, she, she is a pro. All right. I just said yes, ma'am. Where, where do I go? Okay. But, um, but we, the Lord used those time frames, you know, to help us. And when we couldn't afford some things, we. And he, I just think sometimes he just had somebody stick this here and stick that there and stick that there and stick that there. And we walk in and say, oh, I thought those would be gone. Just the number of we need, just the number of towels we needed or just the number of sheets we needed or something like that. And again, God can take care of it. But here's the thing. People say, oh, let's sit around the table and talk about all that we're thankful for. And the very next day, let's go fight and scrap and claw eyes out for all the things that we want. And by the way, Christians are not much different. If we're not careful, we're, we do the same thing. One minute we're thanking God, boy, I just thank the Lord for his goodness and how he provides for me. The ne very next moment, why isn't God giving me that? I need this. I need that. Right? Spiritual babies. Get grounded and rooted and grow so that we don't remain infants. Paul looked at the church of Corinth and he said, I wanted to feed you some meat and it would have been a great meal. Boy, it would have been spiritual. I mean, it would have been a spiritual feast, but I showed up to find out that I can't give you the feast that, I, that God had laid in my hands to give to you. I had to go back and give you milk and half of that soured on your stomach. He said, and here's the problem. You should be growing up in the Lord and you're still babies. Child of God, let's not be spiritual babies. The world needs to see mature Christians. Say, why would you preach all this? Because I believe it's needed. I believe we need to be reminded of it. We're about to point to the birth of a Savior. And the world needs to know 
that what the difference he's made in me is worth going for. It's worth listening to. It's worth desiring because he can change my infancy to maturity for his glory. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. I, I pray that you take what we've looked at.